Brother Jerry. Thank you, brother. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Amen. I appreciate uh, the invitation uh, to lead you in a, uh, 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 in a time of prayer tonight, a time of uh, where I feel that God has really given me a word. And so uh, a little bit about us, I've been preaching since I was 17, and uh, I'm 60, and so we just completed, uh, well, we were full-time evangelists for a good while, and then we went into pastoring, and uh, we just completed 25 years at our fourth church uh, here at Southside Assembly of God here in town. And we just really been praying. We felt like we should just uh, step down that it was the will of the Lord. You know how you get full of the Holy Ghost and you know that you're full of the Holy Ghost? Amen. Well, I got full and I felt like it was over. And you know, you got to know when it's over. But it's not totally over because we're just going to go to the next event. And so that's what we're praying about. And we appreciate you so very much for letting us come and enter into worship with you and prayer with you, participate with you. And we have felt such warmth and, and uh, such an inviting spirit from all of you. We appreciate you so much and the Millers that we have known uh, for so long. And Brother Randy, everybody, we just appreciate you. I'd like for my wife, Tanine, to stand and just wave at you. Amen. There she is over there. Been married for 37 years. And we have two wonderful kids that are involved in the ministry still at Southside Assembly and so my son is a tech at Gamma Labs, and my daughter is a, a school teacher. And so I have three wonderful grandkids and got another one along the way. Amen, that's coming. If you have your Bible uh, on your phone or whatever it is, amen, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. The Lord began to deal with my heart about this situation, about this message tonight. I know for a while that you've been talking about prayer and I felt like God led me back to that place of prayer. And I thought to myself, what can I say? How, what can I really do? I mean, so much has been talked about concerning prayer. And so tonight, I really felt that the Lord was speaking to me about this point, about walking prayerfully in new territories. Walking prayerfully in new territories. And so this is just not a message I really feel that this, it's a little bit prophetic. I really feel that, amen, that we need to walk prophetically, amen, in God's will, in God's word, in prayer. And I believe that God will open up places in our lives, opportunities in our lives like we've never seen before. Now, we read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask. Amen. So we're talking really about prayer right there. That we ask or even think according to the power that works in us. Walking prayerfully in new territories. Father, we just love you and we thank you for your son. And we thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that is leading us, that is guiding us to greater victories. That even though, God, we may be even in a time of suffering, in a time of pain, Lord, you can bring us through this. 
and not only bring us through this, but you can help us to bring a soul with us, Lord, to help heal somebody, to help, Lord, deliver somebody, even in the time when we're going through all types of situations that might be negative. Lord, I ask you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that, Lord, you'll anoint my lips of clay, you'll anoint the ears of the hearers today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I have learned something, and that is we can't do anything without prayer. I mean, prayer is connected to everything. You can't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and be used in the gifts of the Spirit if you're not in prayer. I mean, my goodness, I mean, the church prayed about the deacons to choose. I mean, there was so much that was connected to prayer. Amen. We can't have the love that we really need unless we really go to prayer. We can't be led in the place that God would have us to be unless we are really in prayer. I mean, everything is connected to prayer. Without prayer, you're just really nothing. You're just a religious body just really sitting on a seat. Think about it. When you read the New Testament, so many, even salvations that came forth, amen, started with people that was led of the Lord, that walked in the Spirit, that walked in the Spirit of prayer. And as they walked in the Spirit of prayer, they began to be used in the mighty gifts of the Holy Spirit. When we read Ephesians chapter 6, and it says, Now I want you to put on the whole armor of God. Not just one, not just two, not just a breastplate of faith and righteousness, not just the helmet of salvation, but it really doesn't work unless you put the whole thing on. And then at the very end, what does it say? After you put all of this on, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Amen. So we find out that even really the armor doesn't work too good, does it? Unless we really go to God in prayer. And so the Lord began to lead me into some areas tonight. And I, I see that prayer should be consistent. Some people pray for a day. Some people will skip two days. Some people will pray on Sunday and then they'll wait till they come to the following Sunday and they're empty and they're tired. They are worn out. But God wants us to be consistent. Prayer should be consistent in our lives, preparing us for unknown territories. Amen. Unknown territories. The thing that you might not have ever been in before in your life. There might be a pain that even you're going through. But how many of you know that there is something that God can bring out of it? Amen. We know that God doesn't cause pain. We know that God doesn't cause sickness. But wouldn't you like to bring something out, amen, of your pain? Wouldn't you like to learn something even within your pain? Amen. And I read Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. How we need to be prayerful even when we, we are going to prayer. Amen. We know that Peter and John, they were going to the temple to pray. Amen. And notice what happened when they were going to pray. Think about it. You know, if, if it wasn't for prayer, there wouldn't have been no miracle. If it wasn't for prayer, there wouldn't have been souls to be saved. Prayer is always linked with everything and should be linked with everything we do. The Bible says there in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer about the ninth hour. And there was a certain man lame from his mother's womb, and he was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate. So we know that when they went to prayer and they were consistent in prayer, they walked by this person almost every day. There's that person. 
that's never walked before. There's that person that is begging for alms. But as they were consistent in prayer, notice they weren't empty. They had something. And I believe that sometimes that's where we mess up is because when we, when we go to God in prayer, it's always to come and get something. Amen. Lord, we need something. We need you to deliver us out of something. But you know, my dad always told me, don't you ever let that gas hand go below a half a tank. Never let that gas hand go below a half a tank. It's not fun when you're running on empty. It's not fun when you are on the side of the road. And my friends, some of us sometimes, we are close to empty and we're coming to the house of God. And there might be times when God wants to use us, but we're on empty. We cannot hear. We cannot manifest the power of God because we don't have the power of God. So we need to be consistent in prayer, even going to God in prayer. And we find out there's some unknown territories that the apostles are going to enter, some unknown experiences that they are beginning to experience. And I believe that God is speaking to this body tonight and to this church saying that whatever you're going through, open up your eyes, open up your ears, and hear what the Spirit is trying to say to you because God is wanting to do something great through your life, regardless if you're at the hospital, wherever. Somebody can be one to the Lord. So the Bible says here, amen, who seeing Peter and John about, they went to the temple asking for alms and fixing their eyes on him. Now, I, I've read this two or three times where he fixed his eyes. Uh, does it mean that he had a problem with staring? No, the power of the Spirit was taking control in his life. Amen. He wasn't on empty. He was going to prayer. He was going maybe to resupply himself. He was going maybe to hear about prayer. He was there maybe to pray for other people, but he wasn't on empty. And he heard the voice of the Lord, and he fixed his eyes on that man that was lame with John. And he says, look on us. Amen. Can you say to somebody, amen, look on me. Is there anything in you that someone would like to have that you have? And so Peter said here, uh, when the man wanted to expect an arm from him, he says, he says, I don't have anything. Amen. What I do have, I give you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. What I have. Amen. What you have is because you have been consistent in prayer. you got to have something to give something. And we as a church ought to be the greatest givers of all because we have been saved by the blood of Jesus and we have been baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. And regardless of the storm, regardless of the time of blessing, regardless when we feel that we have been cursed by the enemy, amen, somehow, some way, I believe that we ought to come out of it with some victory. Can you shout amen? And so we find out, what, what can we learn from this? The man was totally healed. I, I, I sensed the gift of faith coming on, uh, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the apostle of God. I, I sense, amen, maybe a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, maybe working of miracles. He got him by the hand, he rose him up. Can you imagine if someone was just saying, well, we're going to do a good deed today, and, and I'm going to see if this guy can get healed and raise him up, and him crying out in pain, man. Ah! Man, why did you do that? But you know what? He was healed by the power of God because these men were consistent. Hey, man, what have we learned from the passage of Scripture? 
Always be in the spirit of prayer and just don't go to prayer when you're near or when you're in empty. Amen. Have something that God can use. Gifts were working in the life of Peter and John. Someone was healed. And you know what that healing did? It provided a door for the message of Christ. You see, what you do out there, amen, can help bring people to Christ. God uses miracles. He uses even times of pain, amen, to bring people in for you to share the message of Christ. And that's why we need that prayer. Because God wants to lead you into unknown territories. He wants you uh, to, to enter into some fellowship, amen, with the worst person on your job. Amen. He wants you to go and talk to somebody about Jesus and share your faith with Him. Amen. Maybe you're in a bad situation, but amen, He wants you to do that. Why? Because you can lead people to God. And that miracle, amen, opened up a door for several thousand people to hear the message of Christ and to come to Jesus. Why is it important for you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and to stay full of the Holy Ghost? And you can't stay full of the Holy Ghost if you're not in prayer. Why should you stay remaining full all through the New Testament? The full, 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 full of faith. Amen. They chose men full of faith, full of wisdom, full of the Holy Ghost. My friend, the world is full of it today, but the church ought to be full of love and the power of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. And so thousands were one to the Lord. Thousands were one to the Lord. Unknown territories. Amen. But God did great and mighty things. Hey Amen. I, I was traveling when I was single and I was in Bible college. I was traveling through Oklahoma going back toward Dallas. And, and I just had a starter or something put on my, on my vehicle. And I got out in Oklahoma, had a weekend revival. And it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. I was getting tired. I was uh, just about to go to sleep. And I noticed that there was a little quick shop gas station that was open in a little town called Otoka, Oklahoma. I went in and I got one of those footlongs, amen, when some way I don't think was invented even then. But I got a big old drink and the Lord began to deal with me to talk to this person, this girl. There was two girls that were working late that night about the Lord. God just started talking to me. And I began to share Christ with one and I led her to the Lord that night. And, and she was about almost baptized in the Holy Ghost, never heard about the Holy Ghost. And I mean, she was almost speaking in a regular tongue, but it, it was in a stammering lips. And, and, and so, man, you could tell she was totally transformed. I began to talk to the other girl, and she had tears running down her cheeks. And, and, and man, it, and this started to happen at 2 o'clock in the morning. I got out in my car, and the devil said, your car's not going to start. And so I tried to crank it. It wouldn't start. And so the thing that I had replaced, I believe it was a starter, it, it, I had it rewired and everything else and, uh, back then at that day. And, and so it wouldn't start, went back in. But the girl that was saved, she said, you know what, I've got a friend. And you know, she called that friend at 3 o'clock in the morning. He came in and, and uh, he, he took my starter plumb apart there on the sidewalk. And the Lord began to deal with my heart about talking to him about the Lord Jesus Christ. He had that thing strung out everywhere. And finally, by the end, he was crying. He was bawling. He was squalling. I was talking to him about the Lord. And he never really made a confession, but he was so close. You know, so close. And, and he said, I can't do none, nothing with this, preacher. 
but I know somebody that probably can. And you know, he called a parts man at 5 o'clock in the morning. And he came in his van, and, and, he, 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 and all of a sudden the Lord began to deal with my heart about, amen, talking to him about the Lord. Now, I just didn't do this just all the time. It was just one of these weird moments when God Almighty just stepped out and said, this is going to be a new night. This is going to be a new territory. I have been witnessing with Teen Challenge and I've been on the streets of, uh, of, of Memphis and Dallas and other places witnessing, handing out tracts and different things like that, but it was just new territory. And, and you know, the guy, that the parts guy, he got under conviction. He began to cry, began to sob. He didn't get saved, but he was close to it. But you know, I just felt like God wanted to do something that night. When the devil wanted to destroy me, when the devil wanted to hinder me, when it was dark, I mean, I felt like I was kind of, I could feel the anointing, but I felt a little bit like I was in a twilight zone moment. And you know, I, I, I went to the payphone and I called my mother and, and she gets up, she had to be at work at seven. And I said, you wouldn't believe what type of experience that I had tonight. And she said, well, are you back at the college? And I said, no, I still have about two hours to go. And, and I said, but you wouldn't believe what I went through. And she said, I believe I would. At 2 o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up and told me to intercede for you, told me to pray for you. You see, why we need to be consistent, even though it is not our need. Amen. We are the body of Christ. We are many members of the bodies of Christ. And you can be interceding for somebody else. Amen. And you can help by praying for them when you don't even know what's going on to help them to lead people to Christ. We need to be consistent. I appreciate my mother so very much. Prayer leads us into unknown territories of creativity when in need or, or to meet a need. Amen. Prayer leads us into unknown territories of creativity. I mean, if God can create this whole world, if God can create the galaxy, if God can create the universe, if God can create the earth, if God can create you, your brain, the organs of your body, all the functions that is going on, how can we say that we're totally stopped, amen, where we cannot get the victory in this area? We don't have a word in this area. We don't understand what to do in this area. I believe that God wants you to walk in the season, amen, of the unknown and let it be known to you. I believe where there's a will, there's a way, and the will of the Lord is, is that, amen, the lost don't perish, but everybody comes into eternal life, and I believe, amen, that you, amen, can let the creativity of God work through you. You might have asked that person several times, amen, to come to church. You might have asked that person several times to come to Christ, but Amen. There can be something that God can put in your heart. God is the creator and God wants his creativity to flow through you and I. I don't believe, amen, in the impossible. I don't believe that those doors is going to be always closed. I don't believe that we're always going to be just stunned at the place that we can never go any further. We, we can't go any higher in God. We can't go any deeper in God. God is a God of creativity and I just feel in my spirit tonight 
that there is someone that has come to a door. There is someone that has come to a place where something has hindered you, something that has got in your way. You, you have tried to pray and pray out of the situation or through a situation or about a situation, how to handle a situation, and you feel like you have come to an end. But the end is not yet. Amen. God is a creating God, and I believe that there's a way, and I believe if you'll be open to the Lord in prayer, God will show you the tactics that you need to defend yourself, amen, to lead people to Christ. Every person is different. Every house is different. You know, when I would go witnessing, I started going witnessing when I was 15. And, and, and I got a hold of a lot of tracks. And I would get down and pray, and the Holy Spirit would say, no, don't go yet. Don't go yet. I would go from house to house. He would say, don't go yet. And so I would stay. And he said, okay, now's the time to go. And it seemed like every house I went to, God timed it out perfectly. And when I would go to their house, a lot of times people would say, I would say, well, do you know the Lord? And they said, well, I believe in God. But the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And he said, he said, the devil believes in God. Ask them if they have a personal walk with God. God wants to flow through your life in creativity. Where there might be barriers, the barriers need to come down. Where there have been excuses, the excuses need to go out the window because there is places that are not going to be unknown anymore if you will continue in prayer. Amen. And, and, and so I love this, creativity. Here is a man that is at a soccer game. Now, he, he's got a niece or so out there that is playing, and, and he stays over and he sees some boys that are playing, and there is one boy that he's fixing his eyes on. Never knew him, never heard of him, don't know his name, but he watched long enough to see that none of the boys were around him. None of the boys really talked to him. He, he noticed that he had a type of inferiority complex about him. And, and so he was standing there, and all of a sudden, Brother Andy, God gave him a word of knowledge. You know, this is great. You know, sometimes you don't think of this when you're at a soccer game, how God can use you, how God can take you out into unknown territory. I mean... How many times do you really hear people being used of God? A lot of times at a soccer game, at a baseball game or whatever. You go there to relax. You go there to see the game. But God gave him a word of knowledge. And, and the young man, there was a game that he played better than anybody else, but they didn't know it. The boys didn't know it. It was the number one game that everybody loved. And he hollered out and God gave him the boy's name. And God gave him... The game, the name of the game. And he hollered out his name and he hollered out to him. Amen. When the boys were coming in and they were beginning to uh, get talked to by the coach and, and how to defend against this and that, they were down uh, by several points. And, and he hollered out to him and hollered his name and said, Hey, said, you ought to tell those boys how you are awesome in that certain game. And all the boys heard about it. And you know, before the night was over, amen, that boy was totally changed. That boy, man, had other guys, all those guys that ignored him, all those guys that left him alone on the bench, amen, he, he wasn't alone anymore. You know, God cared about that boy. And even through talking about a game, amen, God can get someone's attention. Amen, we're talking about 
creativity. The next thing the Lord began to speak to me about is when things are going wrong. How many of you had things going wrong? When things are going wrong, prayerfully be prepared and how to react for unknown territories. Now that's kind of hard sometimes, right? When you haven't been there before. When you haven't been attacked like that before. Many times as pastors, I, uh, as a pastor, I have preached on a subject that mostly everybody needed that next week or the week ahead. Either there was going to be an attack or there was going to be a way that somebody could be used and, 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 and it was the Lord warning. It was the Lord teaching. Amen. It was the Lord trying to open up the eyes and amazingly sometimes I would get a call the next morning and say, Pastor, I really blew it. And they didn't listen. I mean, it was just as big. The, uh, the subject was just as big. The same thing that they were going through. Amen, the same thing they were going through. In Acts chapter 28 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul, is, is, his ship has been destroyed. The, uh, the prisoners that were with him are there and there's barbarous people on the island. He's wet. He is cold. And amen, his life has been threatened. He went several days in fasting and praying in a cyclone. And, and he is there on that island. And, 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 and the island is just amazed. The people are amazed that, that he got through this. But the Bible says, and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid on them all on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat, and fastened on his hand. And, and, and they began to see that this was a venomous snake. And, and he, what did he do? He threw it right back in the fire. He didn't keep on worrying. I remember I was worrying, Pastor, over one of the, uh, one of the deacons on my board. Uh, a couple of churches back, 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm watching the TV, my wife comes in, Tanine comes in and says, well, I know you got a problem. And, I, and said, I see you staring at the TV and the TV's not on. And I said, well, I got a deacon that won't deek. And, and he, he just has, he just doesn't want to do anything. He just, just in the service, in, in worship, it just, I, I don't know what else to do. I have talked, I have made devotions in the board meeting. I have done everything. And so she went back to sleep. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, do you know what he's doing right now? And I said, well, he's probably sleeping. And he said, don't you think you ought to? Amen. Sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us in how to deal with a situation. Sometimes we try to carry what God even ought to carry at times. But the Bible says he threw it back in the fire. Some of us tonight need to throw some things back in the fire. But there are some things that are not so easily thrown into the fire. But through prayer, it helps you to have the patience. It helps you to have the ability to deal with that situation. Well, Brother Lemons, I just can't deal with that situation. Yes, you can. Because prayer can make you another person. It can make you another woman. It can make you another man. Even though you are in the unknown yet, you're a little bit scared. You're a little bit fearful. But there's nothing like when the power of God comes on your life. Someone, amen, feels like they're on that type of island. Someone has reached in trying to create some heat, not only for himself, but for those that are around him. And you feel like something is against you. Something has latched on you. Something venomous has got on you. 
The Bible says in verse 6 of that chapter, it says, however, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after he had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds. What do we learn from this incident? You will be attacked praying and doing God's will. You will at times be falsely condemned. Amen. People will watch for your reaction. And that's one of the biggest things ever that I want to bring over to you is that the enemy loves it when we lose our temper. The devil loves it when we begin to doubt. The devil loves it when we begin to just sit back and not really worship the Lord, but we just stay silent, keep our mouth shut, keep our hands down. Amen. We're, we, you're not really worshiping. Amen. The devil loves it when we give in and give up. But you know, the Lord is saying there are some unknown territories that you're going through, and the Lord is going to help you. The Lord is going to help you with the strength and help you with the faith and help you with everything that you need. Why? Because there is more in it than just you. There's more into the Anything that we go through. You say, I'm going through a great trial. But it doesn't always amount to it just dealing with you. How do you react? How do you react? How you react to a bad situation will finally determine what people think about you and God. It might take a week. It might take a month. It might take a, a good period of time. I mean, when my, my mother was backslid and... and when, and the Lord was dealing her about getting back into church. And she said, God, where should I go? And she began to look at people. Not just one week, but two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. She saw a woman that had 12 children. <laughs> she saw how much patience it seemed that this woman had. I mean, in that place, in that Tupperware factory, I mean, women cussed like sailors. Amen. There were positions that were gained by sex and all types of things that were going on in that place. But she looked at that woman of God. She looked at what she was going through. She looked at her when she was going through sickness. She looked at her when she was going through pain. She looked at her when she was going through accusations. When people accuse, And then she was looking at another. Found out they both went to a Pentecostal church. One young man that felt led to go into the ministry and, and he looked up one day there at his forklift and there was a pinup, amen, a nude. And, and the boys wanted to find out, well, how's he going to react to that? He grabbed it, he tore it up, he threw it away. My friend, I'll tell you what, I believe that God, amen, is, you know, maybe God hasn't caused this, maybe God hasn't caused anything of what you're going through right now, but I feel in my spirit that if you will walk in prayer, amen, that it's very important how you react in faith, that you hear the voice of God, that you use the wisdom of God. There was a woman that was, that was demon-possessed that came to one of our revivals in another state, and she came to me and she said, I've been around all the churches, and all they want to do is send me to a counselor, to a psychiatrist, because I have different personalities. And the pastor and I joined with her, and all of a sudden we felt one spirit, one demon leaper, another demon, uh, and several more leaper. And, and man, you could see salvation come. She began to praise the Lord. I mean, she was totally changed by the power of God. <clears throat> 
When we were leaving after service that morning, she said, can I fast and pray? Hadn't been in church, hadn't, but she felt like she needed to stay there in prayer, and she stayed in prayer all day long. We went to eat, came back a lot later, and I prayed later in the afternoon. She was still there praying with tears upon the altar. That next week, she was threatened. Amen, you would think somebody's being saved. Somebody, boy, they're going to add to the family. They're going to be sweeter. They're going to be more helpful. And her husband said, amen, if you keep on serving God, I'm going to divorce you. Her mother-in-law came to her place of work and, 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 and asked her, said, why are you destroying your home? Why are you destroying your home? It was okay before until you went to church. And they were all against her, but she stayed in prayer. She stayed in prayer. Amen, my friend. God is saying it's not a time to give up. It's a time to pray up. It's a time to stay in the Spirit. Amen. And we'll keep on fighting if we stay in the Spirit. The Lord will strengthen us. The Lord will help us. Amen. Two-week revival. In that two weeks, she went through everything. But around the, the night before that we closed, Amen. We saw every one of her family almost filled a whole pew there in that church. Amen. And she stayed the course. I'm saying, my friend, you are walking in the unknown, but there's some victory in the unknown. There's some stories that you're going to be able to tell later because you walk in the unknown. There's some people that's going to, amen, they're going to catch the attention of yourself because of the way you live and the way you faith. Oh, my Jesus. My Jesus. They said, you're a murderer. You escaped the devastation of the shipwreck, but you haven't escaped this serpent. But you know what? He kept the faith, and guess what? He was led to one of the men that was in authority there. His father-in-law was sick, and he had dysentery and had something else, and he was totally healed by the power of God. And people all over that island started coming to the Apostle Paul. He began to lay hands on them and healing the sick. In fact, right now, I think they've got a big monument with Paul's name on it and everything that was done even on that island until this day. What I'm saying is, man, when you go into un uh, uh, that, that territory, man, that you've never been in, boy, you really have to have faith in God. But look at all the benefits that you have. Prayer helps us to surrender to God's will much easier in new territories. Amen. When I look at 2 Corinthians 8 and 1, and Paul has been talking to a rich church, the church at Corinth, and, and they, they, I think, have taken up an offering, but they, they just won't let it out of their hands. And in fact, he's warning them that I'm going to have to send some people to get the offering. Because there's some people at Jerusalem that are almost starving. And our brothers and sisters need help. And the Bible says that the churches of Macedonia was so poor. The Bible says, moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia that in a great trial of affliction, in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, and you know, even Paul said, as you're able, come. You know, he's not going to ask you to give what you don't have. 
Of course, we're not supposed to spend the 10% right at first either. But we're supposed to be faithful to God. But I love what he says here. But these poor people went beyond their ability. They were freely willing. And I feel that somebody is in really this situation. You don't know how. Maybe the Lord's laying on your heart to do something for this church, to give toward the dead or whatever, missions, whatever it is, missions. I mean, we pastored a home missions church that was heavily in debt and, and having problems, and we went there by faith, and, and we couldn't take our kids to McDonald's. We, we, we just had to just have the bare necessities. I was walking back and forth to town every day trying to do a little jogging, do a little running. And I said, God, I don't understand. I, I don't have anything after my tithes to give to missions. This church is in debt. It owes bills across this town. And it's deplorable what the church got into. And the Lord spoke to me and said, instead of walking back and forth, you know, two miles, why don't you get a two or three yards to cut and you'll be able to give to missions. That was the Holy Spirit. You say, yeah, but I don't want to cut yards. But how many of you really want to do the will of God? And how many of you are willing to do the will of God? I didn't have to do it for a long time. But because I was faithful, God honored that faithfulness. Because God saw that sweat. God honored that sweat. Amen. And it says, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Man, they went beyond. And that's what you can do through prayer. I mean, you can be at, at the last of it, like the woman with two mites, or the woman in the Old Testament with a little oil and a little meal, <laughs> and the preacher comes in and says, make me a cake first. You can be there, and I sense somebody is here. Amen. I want to close with this real quick. But when we was in our first church, we was kind of poorly in our first church. And the deacon said, you know, if you get the church really built up really good, man, we'll give you raises and stuff like that. But we really never saw that. But anyhow, we had been saving up a good part of the year to buy a VHS player. Now, that's how far back it was. Amen. All the real good stuff came on Wednesday nights when you're at church. Remember? Way back then, some of you. And we had to say for a long time. And one morning, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to give all of that to missions. And I almost had every penny. Man, God waited till I almost had every penny saved. And man, we was going to have that VH player. Man, we was going to record good movies and not worry about the bad movies and all that type of stuff. And man, I tell you, I didn't give happily. I gave grudgingly. I mean, it left my fingers in slow motion. But God made it away. I was in unknown territory. I mean, this thing, a VH player, was a big thing to me. And you know, I don't know how long it went by, but I was sitting up on the platform, and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, I want you to jump up and run back there and shake that man's hand. He had been coming for a good while, and I just jumped up, ran back there, and I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't been consistent in prayer. You see, sometimes we put things in God's hands, but he's put things in your hands. Prayer is the key if you want something from God. 
God doesn't have to give it to you if you don't pray. In most situations, unless it's an act of mercy, God won't. And you know, I went back there, I shook his hand. I said, it's good to see you, brother. And he said, wow. And he had a reluctance on him too. Because there were two VHS players that I really loved, and I got the cheaper one. Well, I thought I was going to get the cheaper one. There was a whole lot better one. And he said the other day I was in Walmart, and God told me, get that best one for the preacher, for the pastor. And he thought, my goodness, I hadn't done that before. And he said, I didn't want to do it. I, I'm just going to be honest, pastor. I just... Uh, I felt about taking it back in and all of that. And even when I came to church, I spoke to God just a while ago. And I said, if it's your will, have that pastor jump up out of that chair and run back and shake my hand. And when I did, I never saw someone that looked like he lost everything. <laughs> Amen, because he had his hand still on it. Well, I have done that too. I haven't freely always given, but it got out of my fingers eventually. And the Lord showed me something. Amen. There are unknown territories. Amen. Always put God first. Amen. The tithe is not the real tithe if you do it last. If you pay all your bills and you give God what is left. Amen. There are Christians today that are driving stolen cars. Amen. Wearing stolen clothes. Amen. There are many people that really they don't have faith in their giving, don't have faith that God is going to do what he's going to do, but God will meet your need. Amen. I'd like for a brother maybe to put on some music. Would everybody stand?